0: Well, happy Christmas, everybody. feels like we're due some Christmas cheer at this point in the year, doesn't it? And what a wonderful way to start the festive season with these wonderful carols that we've been singing. Christ the Saviour is born, or as our final carol will put it, glory to the newborn King. Of course, it's not the only kingly announcement that we have marked this year. Just a few months ago, Uh, Down the road at the Royal Exchange, Uh, there was the proclamation of the accession of King Charles III to the throne. Some of you will know already that I decided to go along to be a part of history. I even got my picture in the paper. Uh, Maybe you weren't aware of this. Uh, I appeared on page three of a newspaper. That was not something I was expecting for 2022. (laughs) I say that I appeared in the paper. Really, there was this photo of the Royal Exchange, but I can assure you that those three pixels there are me. (laughs) It's not really something worth writing home about, is it? But really, the whole proclamation wasn't really worth writing home about. I mean, it was impressive to be there, the, the pomp, the trumpets, but really, it's now been forgotten by most, except for preachers wanting to throw it into a sermon. And so why is this kingly announcement that we've been celebrating this evening, why is that something worth commemorating every year. Why is that so special? Particularly in the week that the UK census results have reported a significant drop in the number who identifies Christian. Why not let these words just pass away into the annals of history, like the accession proclamation of King Charles III? Well, the answer to that question is in the readings that we have been listening to all evening. Indeed, that first reading... In Matthew's Gospel. On page four, if you want to turn it up again, that first reading shows the heart of the Christian Christmas message. And it explains why this kingly announcement, above all other kingly announcements, might be worth celebrating regularly. Now, there's two things I want to see this evening from that reading. Two things. And the first is that this message, is that God came to earth. It is the message that God came to earth. And follow with me from verse 18 on page four. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, Resolved to divorce her quietly. Picture the scene. You've got Joseph engaged to be married to Mary. They're excited about their upcoming wedding day. And then, to his great dismay, he finds out that his fiance is pregnant. Well, he knows that he's not the father, they've not slept together. How painful for him to discover that. And yet, he's a good guy. He doesn't want to put her through the mill, he is unwilling to put her to shame, we read. So there won't be a big tabloid showdown. He's not going to haul her up in front of the public. He's going to try and deal with the whole thing quietly. And then in verse 20, as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. That which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. In other words, Joseph, Mary hasn't slept with someone else. The child is from God himself. In fact, the child is God himself. As Matthew goes on to show, that is exactly what God had promised hundreds of years before. There was a whole catalogue of promises and predictions before the coming of Jesus. We've had some of them read for us this evening, but the particular one that Matthew chooses to quote from it's there in verse 22 and 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Here is a promise from the prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus, at a time when God's people, they felt overwhelmed by their enemies, as though God were not on their side. And God promised them a sign, a sign that would prove to them that he was with them. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. God is with us. A sign that God is for them, with them, that he was on their side, so much on their side, that he would actually be amongst them, living with them. And that is the promise that Jesus came to fulfill. My flatmate is moving out for a few months next year to visit family in New Zealand, and so we've been trying to sublet the empty room to make back a bit of the rent. It's not easy to find someone who's interested in room to just a few months, and so I found myself mentioning it to lots of different people, casting the net wide, trying to think of -of out-of-the-box options. I even found myself writing this letter to His Majesty King Charles III, I know you've got loads of rooms in Buckingham Palace, but I thought I'd just mention that if you needed somewhere in East London, I've got a room for it that you could use at a really good rate. Having said that, please let me know as soon as possible, as I know someone else who's interested and I wouldn't want you to be disappointed. Yours sincerely, Tim Shepard. There's no MBE or OBE there yet. Now, obviously, I didn't send that letter. That's the sort of thing that would get you on a secret service watch list. (laughs) But imagine if I had, and imagine if he'd said yes. Imagine that he had come to stay with me. That would be a clear sign of his endorsement, wouldn't it? To have the King of England living in my pokey flat in East London. He's got no need to come. But if he did, well, it would be a clear message that he backed me, that he was with me in spite of that letter. Now, we'll have different views in this room about King Charles III and whether you'd want him living in your flat, but at least can you see how remarkable it would be for such a royal visit to happen? How much more remarkable a divine visit for God himself to come to earth, to be for his people, to dwell with his people, He had no need to come, but he committed himself to do so over hundreds of years. And then in the birth of Jesus, about 2,000 years ago, and roughly 2,000 miles in that direction, he brought those promises to fulfillment. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Some people have a real problem with the events in this passage, an angel, a virgin birth, that you'd have to be some sort of gullible child to believe that virgins can get pregnant. Uh, Let me say, I know that virgins don't get pregnant. If that was normal, it wouldn't be very much of a sign. And yet if there really is a God who stepped into his creation, isn't it possible? Isn't it even likely that he might accompany that entrance with an impressive fanfare. Maybe a messenger. Maybe centuries of messengers, prophets anticipating the event. Maybe an angel announcing his arrival. Maybe even the miraculous, a virgin birth. The events surrounding the birth of Jesus and all of the rest of his life, they are events that you can look into for yourself. They're not normal events. They're not the sort of thing that you would normally expect to happen. And it is the very fact that they are unusual which reveal to us that Jesus is God come to earth. The heart of the Christmas message then, God came to earth. And that would be enough to make it worth commemorating every year. But it's more than that. Indeed, the angel gives us more than that. Not just God came to earth, but secondly, God came to earth on a rescue mission. God came to earth on a rescue mission. Look again at what the angel said in verse 20. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I think we forget we forget or miss the significance of the name Jesus. It's become a common word to many of us, maybe a swear word to some of us. But the name Jesus literally means God saves. The reason God came to us was to save his people from their sins. And at this point, I realize there'll be some of us in the room who are thinking, well, that's an offer I don't really need. A rescue from sin? No thanks, Tim. I'm I'm good without that. I've actually found myself on a mailing list recently with loads of adverts for things that I don't really need. Here's a selection of some of the leaflets I've had through the post addressed to me for some reason. A hearing aid, mobility scooter, and this one genuinely came through this week, a stair lift. Now let me tell you, even if I was in my 80s, I live on a ground floor flat. I really don't need a stair lift for anything except for perhaps to get into this pulpit, and I'm not sure we're thinking of installing one. Some of us might feel like that with this offer of a rescue from sin. Of course, we don't have trouble believing that there are some people who are morally flawed. That much has been clear from the outcry over all that's gone on in Qatar. But it tends to be a problem out there, doesn't it? A problem with other people. And yet, as one social commentator put it, which of us is morally clean enough to host a World Cup? Sometimes people talk about the 10 commandments, if you can remember them all. But even if we just narrowed it down to the two commandments, which Jesus upholds later in this account, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, even if it was just those two, well, it's a standard I know that I haven't met. When we allow the moral lens to focus on our own lives we become deeply aware of our own guilt some people do all they can to try and get rid of that feeling to ignore it but maybe the reason that we have that sense of guilt is because there really is a God that we have failed to honor as we should a God before whom we know we all stand guilty And so the offer of salvation, of forgiveness, it's not like a hearing aid or a stair lift. It's more like the offer of water in a parched desert. The offer of bread to a hungry crowd. Forgiveness before God is something that we all need. And the message of Christmas is that God himself has done something about it. He came to earth not to tell us all off or to tell us to do better, but on a rescue mission. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. It is the best Christmas present that anybody could receive. But it's not automatic. You do need to receive it. Like any good Christmas gift, you need to accept it if you're going to enjoy it. He will save His people from their sins. The rescue is for those who turn to Jesus, who put their trust in him. If I can put it like this, it's not just for those who hear about the gift, but for those who unwrap it. That's why I haven't actually been that discouraged by the census results this week. Various friends of mine who aren't Christians have sort of sent in messages to kind of jibe me about it. Sure, there are fewer people who are identifying as Christians, but that doesn't mean there are fewer people who are unwrapping this gift. It's not about whether you tick Christian on a census form or how many times you've been to church. It's about whether you are turning to Jesus and trusting this rescue that he's offering. In fact, on that front, research published in the Times earlier this year suggests that those numbers are increasing, but you could ask me about that later. The real question is, how are you responding to this gift? Some of us unwrapped it years ago and are still enjoying it every year. You know why we celebrate it every Christmas time and actually throughout the rest of the year as well. God came to earth on a rescue mission. It's the greatest news that you could hope to hear. Let me encourage you to enjoy it again this Christmas. And for others of us, Well, you've got the gift in front of you now. God came to earth on a rescue mission. He knows that you need a rescue. Maybe you're aware of that too in your heart of hearts. Well, he came to do something about it. How are you going to respond to that? As we've been saying all evening, you can look into it. No one's asking you to come to this like a gullible child and just accept the impossible. The invitation is to come as a thinking adult, engage with the evidence, with the real person of Jesus who walked the very same earth that we walk about 2,000 years ago and maybe 2,000 miles in that direction. The bookmark that you've got will give you some great ways to follow up. But please, don't put it off for fear that you might be persuaded. Don't put it off because you've got better things to do. We are all in need of some good news this Christmas. And there's no news better than this. At the accession proclamation of King Charles III, we got King Charles' full name. Do you know what it is? Charles Philip Arthur George. Which I take it a name's presumably designed to evoke a kind of knowledge of royalty past. Charles, Charles I, Charles the Philip after his dad, George after his granddad, and Arthur? I don't know. Are we supposed to think of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table? Are we going to find out at some point that Charles has got a special advisor called Merlin? I'm really hoping for that. You heard it here first. Names evoke a sense of what someone's all about, don't they? Well, that's certainly true of the two names in these verses. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, God saves God came to earth on a rescue mission and offers us the forgiveness that we all desperately need. It won't be worth commemorating the accession proclamation of King Charles III or even mentioning in a sermon within a few weeks' time. But it will always be worth celebrating this kingly announcement because it is the good news that God came to earth on a rescue mission And however you are celebrating Christmas this year, I hope that this will give you a great cause for joy. Please have a wonderful Christmas and a very happy New Year.